and uh, this is episode 12, everyone. Uh, this is my guest, uh, Dr. Hannah Roberts. Uh, she's going to introduce herself, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Um, yeah, so hi, I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, I've been practicing for probably about 15 years now. Um, for the last 10 years, I've been focusing exclusively on college student mental health. I've been working in a variety of universities um, supporting college students. Um, in the last couple of years, I've started to kind of expand a little more, kind of pull back, um, and now I'm also working in private practice, um, seeing a wide variety of college students and professionals um, mostly dealing with a lot of like work-life satisfaction and balance, um, a lot of sort of holistic health, um, sort of wellness, uh, focused around emotional wellness kinds of things. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. Well, I, I do have a few questions and, yeah. uh, I just, I, I kind of understand the idea of psychology. I mean, I went to, I went to college for a year, so it was or I've been, I'm still in college, but it's just uh, I still kind of don't really understand the purpose. I, I kind of like the veterans' health and stuff. I, I don't know because oh, yeah. I'm uh-huh. interested in that stuff, and I'm also interested in like, well, you you, you said college, so I, I was like, uh, you know, how do you handle that? Like, sure, what, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so there's a lot of different ways of looking at, I think I like to start from looking at wellness uh-huh. and a person being fully well. Um, and so psychology is really a field of understanding um, if people are emotionally well and sort of, you know, some of the old school stuff is really defining when someone is unwell, trying to describe what that is. So we have a lot of diagnoses. We have, you know, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. Um, and, and I think a lot of the practice of clinical psychology is really working with a person to help them understand maybe how they became unwell and then helping them kind of either learn to live with that or overcome that, um, in whatever ways work for them. And have you, uh, so I saw that you deal with child psychology. What, how's that different from, uh, you know, uh, adults and others. Yeah, yeah. I've tended to focus mostly on like eighteen and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so children, there's a lot more factors at play. The brain is still really developing, um, and there's a lot of external environmental pieces. Um, I found that really hard to do that work to work with children because there's usually. Um, parents or traumatic environments or other things that are usually beyond the child's control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's a little bit of a different focus of what you're working on, and then also um, working with children. You're probably working with with people who are not quite so verbal, and I tend to be a pretty highly verbal person, so I like working with college students mm-hmm. and adults who can kind of articulate, you know, these are the feelings I'm having, or this is what's going on in my life. Um, and I really enjoy that, the conversational part that comes with therapy. Hmm. Yeah. So do, when you deal with college students, like, is it like, uh, cause I have test anxiety, so that's like yeah. one of my things. Yeah. So I, like, I, sometimes I like, it's, it's just so sporadic when I take a test. It, sometimes I do very well or sometimes I just 
I, I don't know. I just blank sometimes. I don't understand how. How do I get a better feel on how to? <laughs> Um, I do a presentation for a lot of classrooms and uh, different student groups um, around our body's stress response. And so what you just described is what I would say is like sort of a faulty stress response. Um, most of us tend to either have a fight, flight, or freeze response to stress. And what you were just describing more of the is more of like the freeze when you go plank mm -hmm. and you don't really you can't recall all of this information and I see students all the time right we're meeting together and they're telling me like yeah I'm learning all of these things and I totally understand that they are and then they come back from their test and they're like I don't it just all went out the window mm -hmm. um, so I would describe that as a freeze response um, some people have more of like a fight or a flight response so they like get really pissed off at their professors um, or they're like, I hate this class, right? That's a fight response. Mm -hmm. um, or a flight, they may be. Um, they get a lot of physiological anxiety during a test, um, or maybe they avoid the test, or they avoid studying, or they avoid like trying to prepare for it. Um, and all of those really, the way you cope with it is you start to really develop a routine to really kind of calm down that sort of overreactive stress response. And so the idea is really we want to get you um, to a place where your body is not having that high alert response to something that it doesn't need to, like a test. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how like, when you work with all college students, what, what is the main thing that they have, the issues? That's, that's a really great question. Um, so, gosh, like, across the nation – like 50% of college students at any given time are so stressed out, they're not able to function mm -hmm. fully in their classes. So stress is a really big one. Um, if you're breaking it down a little bit more as far as mental health issues, anxiety and depression are the two main issues. Um, actually for U.S. adults as and, and for college students. Um, it's the two things that really seem to come up um, and definitely all of the different stressors in college and like new relationships and like just, you know, navigating all of that different stuff um, can really kind of trigger those. Those responses. Okay. Yeah. So how, how like, uh, so whenever someone comes to you and they, they say they have a certain problem, how do you try to deal with it? Like, do you just tell them exactly like you you need to do this or do you give them suggestions or what? that is a great great question yeah i think it's going to be personalized and i think there's so much research out there that if i tell someone like do this and it will make you better mm -hmm. they're not very likely to do that thing right and so it's much more important to be kind of like well what would help you feel better able to do this and what would help you and sort of helping um, individual people kind of figure out what works for them mm -hmm. and sort of then practicing it and like really creating a safe space to support them through that process and really help them kind of keep making those big steps. Um, yeah, on their own. Because it's really all about mm -hmm. the person. They're doing all the work. Like, yeah, I don't have to yeah. do the work. But you give them the advice. So it's like, you know, I follow. I, I don't know. Yeah. If you told me something, if you try to analyze me, I would have just, uh, I wouldn't have dismissed you, but I would have been Googling, like, just right. trying to figure out. 
know, reading articles and that's, and, and that's one of the ones that I do like is I can say like I've worked with you know hundreds I mean probably thousands of students right mm-hmm. so I can say like you know a lot of people in your situation find this helpful um, and I can kind of share some of the things like to expect or you know to kind of work on definitely yeah very yeah so what what I also want to touch on mental health issues like what how do you help someone with that like you person do you just uh tell them i just really don't understand how you can cure or help someone with not cure but help them with mental health issues do you just yeah there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of nuance and a lot of Mm -hmm. layers um it it does depend it depends on the person it depends on um, I mean, that's the thing we talk, we talk in, in psychology about like sort of biopsychosocial, mm. right? So usually mental health issues, there's something happening biologically, right? So whether it's just that stress response, um, or with anxiety and depression, there's usually some neurotransmitter imbalances. Um, so really sort of focusing on addressing that piece, then psycho, there's usually a lot of thought processes involved. And so what I see a lot of times um, in my office is people who are saying, you know, I don't believe in myself or I hate myself or, you know, and they really end up kind of having these thought processes where they're really kind of um, becoming self-fulfilling prophecies, right? They're sort of beating up on themselves, thinking that's going to somehow motivate them, and it actually makes things way worse. And so it's like learning how to reprogram that. And then social, um, our relationships and our environment really affect us as well. And so we really look at, you know, how are your relationships working for you? How are they not working for you? A lot of people I see don't have very good boundaries. That's a big one. Um, So they just like want to make everyone happy and they kind of take care of everyone else. Right. And then there's no room left for themselves. So they end up feeling exhausted or overwhelmed. Um, Sometimes people are in toxic relationships. And so it's kind of like, okay, like what can we do to sort of work through that and maybe either find your own voice or get out of that relationship. So it really depends on the person. Um, But it's probably going to be a little flavoring of all of those. Mm And really the best, I mean, the best outcome for therapy is if you feel safe and comfortable with the person you're talking to, right? And so that's what happens a lot in therapy is people say, oh my gosh, I've never told anyone this like deep, dark secret. And then they share it with me. And usually lots of times I'm like, it's not such a deep, dark secret. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's not. And it's like, it's very freeing to kind of have that experience and that safe place to sort of try things out. I always find that most people don't uh, keep calm or like, you know, I don't know if it's just people that I I know or is it like uh, maybe it's across the board. But in my experience, you would I'm uh, in the military and all the time we have a bunch of, you know, uh, soldiers with PTSDs and uh, and, you know, they they, we we we, when we're we're stateside, so we try to keep it calm. But yeah. Uh, in that in their environment when they come back and even though they've he- been here for three four years they still have that response and I and you know I try to I, don't, I just don't know how to deal with you know I'm trying to help them re- you know relax because I always like okay you need to relax you need to, you know and I, and sometimes it gets them more mad so they start yeah. you know uh, so how do you deal with like you know that as you know without me knowing having enough knowledge to figure that out 
It's really tricky um, because especially that, that like sort of that PTSD, that anxiety, stress response, mm-hmm. it's self-reinforcing. So basically it's like once your body has been flooded with all those stress hormones in that way, in a trauma kind of way, um, your body gets really good at any time there's any little trigger. It's like fl- it floods you with all those stress hormones all over again. And so the body is trying to protect itself by just like automatically going into flood all of the time. So then you're seeing that as like the other person and you're like, whoa, 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 like, right? You know, this was not a threat. This was not a trauma. This was like me just wanting to ask you a question and you took it as confrontation or, you know, all of those different Mm -hmm. things that trigger a stress response. Um, Yeah. So telling someone not to have that response is really right. I found that I found that out very quickly that just it's so frustrating. So now I just I'm just quiet. So I just don't say anything about it or I just, you know, I let them vent like, you know, just let it let them just you know, let out the negative emotions, but then I, I feel negative and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So there's like, that's a really good, I mean, that's a good place to start is like, it's kind of, I think of it as like the storm that just has to come. Mm-hmm. And so the, the more we can just kind of let the storm pass over the better. So definitely, yeah, not, not sort of taking it personally or sort of reacting to it. Um, definitely letting the person vent. Um, I would even take it a few steps further and just kind of, you know, is there anything that would be helpful for you right now? Is there any way we can help you feel more safe or we can help you feel more calm Um, and really kind of go into sort of problem-solving mode? Um, For that person, you know, the strategies I really like to start with are just kind of using really basic self-soothing techniques. Um, So usually focusing on our breath is one of the easiest places to start. That's usually a first strategy for, you know, any of those kinds of stress responses is like learning how to do really deep breathing. Mm -hmm. And so then when you start to notice that all those stress hormones are being triggered, you can start to deep breathe and and it kind of helps your body, right, kind of balance it back out more quickly. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, So when you have to, when someone's really stressed, how do you, so you said you just, let them vent and then you let them you let their emotions out they let them get their emotions out and you, what do you how do you respond to all that do you not respond because i try to i tend not to re- respond now because i, I have yeah. in the experience i had was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a good experience so i was like okay don't right. do that yeah. i don't like getting into traps you know it's just like you know just traps you know getting yeah. in circular patterns right. It happens sometimes, but I just, sometimes I don't right. notice, but I just try to, I'm just always trying to improve overall, so I just don't yeah. know how to deal with it, so I just, you know, I'm Googling, trying to figure out what what to do, and I'm like, uh. No, I think it's really good. When you see someone is flooded or triggered, it's not a good time. I always think of it as like, I'm not going to put on the gloves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be like, right, right, coming back at them. Um, and it's really important because because it can trigger us to be defensive. So we will. It's our natural response to sort of jump in the ring and be like, well, wait a second. You just said, and I need to clarify, right? And we sort of become defensive. And so it's really hard. But when we know that that person, especially if we know that person has PTSD and we know that that's what they're dealing with, it makes it a little easier for me to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to jump in the ring with you, even though you went there. I don't have to go there. Um, 
reflective listening is a really great piece to kind of be like, wow, you're really frustrated right now. I'm hearing that and like really validating their feeling without maybe agreeing with them, right? So there's a difference. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times we don't validate their feeling because we're like, what are you stressed out about? This is not stressful. And right, so that takes away their feeling. But if instead we're like, I can see you're stressed, I can tell that this is stressful to you, um, even though I might not agree, that kind of lets them know like, okay, you kind of see where I'm coming from. And so all of those things kind of help bring that response down a little bit. Ultimately, it's up to them. And I would probably, after the fact, I would ask them, especially if I'm in any kind of a relationship with them, if I'm going to be working with them, um, you know, do you have ways you manage this? That looked really overwhelming. How can we make it easier for you? I didn't mean to trigger you. How can I avoid that in the future? You know, kind of giving them some opportunity to kind of let you know um, what what is helpful for them because different people are going to have different strategies. Hmm, that's true, and also it's also that the you know we have a high suicide rate in the military, so it's very it's very uh, for us as soldiers we we try to you know try we try to see the signs, but it's not really easy because we don't pay attention most of the time. We're working, we're you know. We have uh, deadlines. We have to do all these things. So how how would like I kind of know the signs and they kind of give like uh, you know we have people come in and try to you know tell us what how to see this. But what's your take on that? How would you yeah. try to tell someone? Oh, okay. So if you ever because sometimes they joke and I'm like I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a joke or they're serious. Right. But you know I most of the time I'll be like okay by their tone I can say oh that's a joke. But if they're like, you know, it feels like I feel the feeling that they're doing that thing. Yeah. 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 You hit on a couple really good things. So, um, I mean, I think that that's it. So not only is it all of the stress and all of these other pieces that you were talking about, but we also have stigma. And so um, we know, especially in the military, but I think across the nation mm-hmm. and then especially for most men, there it's not okay to have emotions. It's not okay to talk about emotions. Um, it's definitely not okay to show emotions, right? And so it's going to take us a long time to switch over to that place where we can say, it's okay to talk about your emotions. And then the person says, okay, I feel really depressed. So depressed, sometimes I think about suicide. And we're like, that's okay. How can we support you? You know, we're a long ways away from that, Mm -hmm. but I think we can slowly get there. Um, And I really liked the piece you said about sort of, You know, when someone jokes about it, that's actually, that's perpetuating stigma. And so that's an important time to kind of go, whoa, 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 we don't joke about that because that's a serious Mm -hmm. thing. And so, and that's, I I think that's always a good time to just check in with that person and say, like, are you okay? Because sometimes we joke about things that, right, are serious. Um, So I would usually probably, I would, I would check that a little bit and, um, and like you said, I mean, you, you said, trust your gut always. If It's amazing what we know intuitively. And so if you're kind of like, why am I worried about this person? I would say maybe just let them know. Um, and that's my other favorite thing. You know, we feel like, oh, it has to be this like, this like confrontation mm-hmm. or um, what is it? Like, like we're going to do sort of um, an intervention on you. Right. And, and that's not helpful. That's, that's, it's going to create more stigma. But instead, if you're like, hey, I'm noticing these things, and be really specific about what it is you're noticing. I'm noticing that you are 
you know, not engaging the same way, or you seem pretty down, or whatever those things might be, um, those signs, um, and then kind of just leave it open, like, I'm wondering what's going on, or I'm wondering if you want to talk about that, um, or you could say, you know, I'm wondering if you're suicidal, and I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's always, if you're, if you're wondering it, you probably need to put it out there, um, and at least see where they're, see where they're at. So, I used to have, like, this, you know, do, you know, uh, I mean, I used to be confrontational all the time. Like that would be my instinct, just to yeah. snap on someone or, or move. Now I just, I don't know. I feel more relaxed. I try not to worry about things that are out of my control. So that's probably why. And then, cause, cause I'm very uh, systematic when it comes to certain things. So I just like keeping this. But then I, I was like, nah. Just I just threw that out the window, and now I just don't. So how do you? Cause it took me forever to. Right. For it, I don't know, maybe a few years. Once I realize, because you got to be self, it got to be, because well, if I, I haven't been to a psychologist, so it's never, you know, I never figure out what, so I, 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 I'm, I'm with myself and you in my room thinking, okay, is this, is what that I did in that situation wrong? Or, you know, I try to, uh, uh, you know, just uh, self do it by myself. And it's a very, I don't know. I just don't know how to, how you get out of a pattern like that very quick. No, that's a really great point. I think that I think um, that filter that you were talking about, right? So, is this me or is this the other person? And if it's the other person, like I don't have to carry all of that around because I got mm-hmm. more than enough stuff to carry on my own. Um, so that's a really great piece, that filter. Um, and then from there, I think I mean that is where therapy is really helpful because then you have this neutral person and you can kind of tell the story or you can kind of talk through it and. And, um, and sometimes it's helpful to hear from another person, like, no, you're, you're good. You don't need to worry about that. Or, um, to maybe practice or try some new strategies or ways of dealing with it. So kind of saying like, well, okay, how else would you have wanted to respond in that situation? And then you can practice it. And so I think that can be helpful too, is kind of practicing and like learning new tools to kind of use in those situations. And each... I know every situation is different, so it's right. kind of very difficult to, you know, because, you know, if someone says something and then I have to, because some, I used to just always respond right away, you know, attack, 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 attack. Mm-hmm. Now I just, I just listen to them and I'm like, that doesn't matter to me anymore. So I just avoid, I, and sometimes I, I find myself avoiding confrontation. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know how you just don't, I don't know. I just avoid it all the time. It's very strange. Right. Right, so there's there's a difference, like there's two different things there, right? There's So there's the one which is like, whatever, they didn't mean what they said, or they're being triggered by their stuff, and so kind of like being able to filter that out. Um, that's a difference than like, I'm really upset about what they said, or that really hurt me, right? And then just like, like stuffing it down, mm-hmm. um, that's not healthy. And so really finding other ways to kind of work with that, or... Um, get the support you need or cope with some of the negative feelings because like yeah just just like locking it all out is not probably gonna work long term Mm -hmm. um what i usually see then is i kind of like i think i think it is kind of like a physical thing right so like if we just stuff all of our emotions down we're like whatever nothing bothers me um i feel like then it kind of bubbles back up to Mm -hmm. the surface at like usually the worst times right and then you like snap at someone that totally doesn't deserve it and you're like oh wow it's all still down there i'm just like kind of hiding it on the surface Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I see that all the time. It's yeah, yeah, I, it's pretty common. Yeah, and then and then one I don't know if like I see it like, and then once it comes out, it's it's like uh, it just floods. I don't know. It's just it's just it bursts out, and I you know you hear them say stuff that you never heard them say before, right. and they're just being very very violent, and you yeah. you know that's just, I don't know. And how do you deal with like violent people? Like because oh, sometimes people have like you know. You know, they they're just they just get triggered very easily, and they they the first thing they want to do is fight you, or you know have a verbal, uh, not have a real conversation, just you know dismiss whatever you're saying. Right. And I, yeah, that's I like as much as possible. I would say don't engage. Like, um, don't get in the boxing ring. Like, don't just mm-hmm. don't go there. Um, if you can find a way to say like you seem really triggered right now or you seem really upset about something right now maybe we can talk about it later um you know again it depends on your relationship with the person but as much as possible yeah i would say try to de-escalate the situation try to step out let them know that you're not there to confront them um but it's it's tough Mm, it's fair yes yeah and then sometimes well i don't i've never thought about doing it that way so i usually just pick my fights yeah. yeah, like but, if I'm not, if I can't win the, you know, if I can't win this or you know if this won't end well for me, then I, you know, I'm more of a consequential. I can't even speak, but uh, gotcha. I think more about the consequences, and then I go from there. Right, and I guess I'm thinking about it more from like where is it coming from, mm-hmm. and so if like he is totally spewing and upset because right because of a trauma or because of something in a relationship or right, something that has nothing to do with you, then like, what's the point of winning the fight or the argument, right? Like it's, that's not even why he's upset. And so we do that. A lot of times we do what we call it kind of deflecting or um, we put all of our negative emotions in one area when they really are probably about all these other things. And so, hmm. yeah. And I, also, I, mean, I also think, like uh your environment really is the most important thing to me because like if you're around negative people all the time or you know negative problems or you know you you can't really i don't know i find it hard and difficult to get through that and yeah everyone that i know you know that once they're negative then i become negative so it's really it really just travels around so negativity is so contagious Mm -hmm. yeah and so it sometimes it takes like, and I've been in, in workplaces where it's like we all have to put our heads together and we all have to say, okay, we're going to agree to not be negative or um, like these are our rules or our guidelines. Because um, it does, it takes, it's tough. I mean, I think even in relationships sometimes it's like, okay, I'm not just going to come home and vent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how do we try to, to be more positive? Yes, and then I'm, I've met people that are the one in the million and they're, always positive and i'm like how can you be always positive because i just i just like i just don't understand it i'm like so you never you never have like the feeling that you know he's like no i'm like what i just doesn't make sense to me how someone's always so positive i mean do you think it's real or do you think it's like that's like sometimes the 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 thing that i think is that they're hiding it or maybe they're not really it's really in there but it's a very very small amount of their time that is uh you know so I just don't like, but it brings my spirits up. So it's like, okay. yes. Well, that's what matters. Yes. Right? That's what, yeah. Yeah. That's why I like, uh, you know, talking to people that are very 
very enthusiastic about what they do and very uh you know always keep it kind of upbeat you know for sure yeah, yeah. and it's it's kind of hard sometimes when you run into so many people that you know i don't know if a large portion of people i meet are negative or semi-negative and you know they have their issues and some have major issues and i don't know how to deal with those major issues so i just i'm like okay i can give you so i guess because everyone wants advice that's like the thing that i found and i'm like okay wh- why am i going to give you advice i have no i mean i'm i'm going based off my own experience so it's very difficult to say whether your experience is different i think like that right there you're getting at like that's what the heart of therapy is right is mm-hmm. everyone's kind of walking around in pain everyone's kind of frustrated and stressed and overwhelmed and they want someone to tell them what to do and when they come into therapy on I'm like, I'm, I can't tell you what to do, but I can help you learn to listen to yourself. And I think that that can be a really nice piece where you start to really listen to more like that quiet voice inside you. And then like you make decisions based on that instead of decisions based on all these other things, like what people tell you to do or what people want you to do or what you think you have to do because you're so overwhelmed when you can like pause and like get all of that quiet and like, well, what do I really need? Like, what do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really changes things. Yeah. Very, it's, I don't know. I just can't really, uh, I, I it's like, I, I used to just, you know, give them advice and say, this is what you should do. But right. now I'm more of a suggestion person. So I give mm-hmm. you like five, six options and then, okay, you, you can pick out of these options. There might be yeah. another option. I always tell them that, that there's always another option besides these five options. You just gotta, you know, you just gotta come up with it. Yeah, I love that. It, like when I when I kind of bounce it back to them, and I'm like, well, what do you think you should do? You know, it's amazing what people come up with, and and then like there's even so this is actually a, a therapy technique. Um, then there's asking them like, well, how likely are you to do this thing? And so you can kind of even from there, like figure out, you know is this important to you? Are you motivated to do it? Yeah. That's yeah. I always find that very interesting. Cause I always, you know, I give them suggestions and then they come up with their own and I'm like, well, your suggestions are better than the ones I gave you. So right. just yeah. go with them. You mm-hmm. know, and I'll, I'll be like, you know, like, so which one should I pick this one or this one? They're both pretty good mm-hmm. ways of solving your problem. So whichever you think is best. Cause I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it's you and you're, and if I give you a wrong answer, then that ends up blowing back in your face. So right. I don't, I don't want to be responsible. I just, I don't know. That's just my attitude of how I just don't want to be responsible for you because mm-hmm. it's just, it just caused so many problems. But sometimes I'm like, I have to, you know, cause I, yeah. I don't know if it's just an instinct to help other people for me. Some mm-hmm. people are very, you know, they are, they just kind of don't really care about other people or they, they, they care enough, but they don't want to get involved yeah, I always find that they're protecting themselves mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I try to help people and it's just it always sometimes it, it works a lot of the time I say about 80% of the time but every yeah, once in a while good. every once in a while I just you know I, oops I messed up there I should have said something else well and and like that's especially like being in a helping profession it's really mm-hmm. important that that even if like you had the most perfect advice and it didn't work out, like that's usually not about you, right? Mm-hmm. It's about them. Like they didn't want that advice or they're really stuck in this cycle or, you know, so it's, it's usually not about you. Mm-hmm. 
I, I always find that there's a negative stigma towards psychologists. Like I'm like I always, I'm always like, hey, why don't you just go see a psychologist? Like I don't, I you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know every, you know, I haven't researched enough. You know, I just googled some stuff, figured this out, and you know, <laughs> this that's just how I figure the problems out. You know, and yeah. I was like, okay, why don't you go see a psychologist? And they're like, no. No, right. they're trying to pick me apart or, you know, and, yeah. you know, it just, they don't like sharing or they like sharing with certain people, but you know, some, yeah. you know, stranger, they just not comfortable with it. I feel like there's so much stigma. It's really funny about asking for help in like asking for professional help. Mm-hmm. Like it means something bad and actually it's, it's totally normal. And there's lots of really amazing people who get professional help. Um, so I think as a culture, we need to fix that, right? Like, so right now the cultural belief, like if you're crazy, you go see a psychologist, right? And like, that's not anything anybody wants to be. So I think that's a really big piece. Um, I don't think like movies and television have done us any favors, you know, like usually the psychologist ends up sleeping with their client or like (laughs) it's really shady Mm -hmm. or really creepy. So, I mean, I always get upset when I'm, like, watching a movie, and I'm like, why, why, that's not, like, that is yeah. not <laughs> what people do. Um, so I think, like, those two things are really big, um, yeah, and affecting that. And, like, every person is so different. I think that's the other one is, like, it's all about, like I said, if you feel safe with that person, if you trust that person. And so if you walk in and you're like, I don't like this person, and you say, I don't like therapy because of that, or I don't like psychologists because of that, it's like, no, go find another person because you'll probably find one you like. Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with someone that's like, you know, an introvert, and then you have people who are extroverts as well, but mostly the introverts try to, you know, if you give them advice, they never take it, and they, you know, you say, oh, go go here, you know, maybe this person can help you or fix your problem, and they just never, how do you get them out of that kind of position? Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, that's funny. I just I was just reading a book on introverts. Um, sometimes I feel like an introvert, sometimes not. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple really cool things. Like, so therapy is great for introverts, right? Because it's a quiet space. It's only one-on-one. It's not a big crowd. Um, I think what's hard for introverts is, like, getting through the door or asking for help. Um, that sort of like introverts, we don't like to raise our hands, right? We mm-hmm. don't, we don't want to ask questions. And so it can really help to have, you know, a friend say, Hey, I met this person. I think they'd be great. Let's go together. That can be helpful to give mm-hmm. them a little extra support. Um, and definitely I know like when I'm going to meet with an introvert, like maybe letting them know a little bit about like, okay, this is how you get to the building and this is how our meeting is going to go. Really trying to relieve as much of that kind of like not liking new things anxiety um, so that it feels safe and so that when they get there, they like know what to expect and they know how it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. That can help a lot. Um, and then there's like this now we do, we do video therapy too. So that's helpful for introverts too so they can like stay in their comfy place and still see their therapist on a screen um so there's lots of different ways to do that i always the thing that i find that you know because uh, people are always scared of the unknown or not knowing or something and for sure. and they're like okay well i want to know what what's going to happen once i get there is this going to happen what are you, what's going to go you know everyone wants like to know what's going to happen 
I'm like, yeah. well, you won't know till you go. And then sometimes right. I'm like, okay, I'll get as much information about, you know, whatever thing you're trying to do and we'll see what happens. But most right. of the time they just dismiss it. And uh-huh. They it, might not be ready. I mean, like, I'm the same way. I like to know as much as information as possible before I make a decision. Like, I mean, I know before I started talking to my therapist, I wanted to see their picture, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to see a little bit about them. Like, that's normal. That's mm-hmm. human. That's who we are. Um, it makes us feel more comfortable. I'm totally the opposite. I just just jump into the pool, see what happens. If it doesn't go well, you know, we'll, we'll move on. They're different personalities. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And so, how, so you have a lot of people that come to you and you have a lot of problems and, uh, like, what is, like, the, I really want to know what a success rate for, for you if someone, you know, they come in, and then when they leave, are they a better person, is it, you know, have they fixed the problems, or is it they come in, and they leave, and nothing changed, you know, <laughs> what is the success rate of, you know, yeah, most psychologists? I'm, so I'm not a great statistician, so I don't really collect that data, mm-hmm. but I can say, like, almost every single session, the person, like, looks me in the eye and says, like, thank you, this was really helpful. Mm. So for me, that feels pretty good. Um, yeah, it, de- it depends on a lot of things. I've worked with some people for really long periods of time, and I've seen, like, amazing changes. Like, maybe they change, like, a relationship, or they change, like, their career field, or um, they change how they're taking care of themselves or how they're coping with life. Um, I think those are some of the really big ones. Um, sometimes for some people, it's just that they really needed to like get something off their chest and so they feel relieved by being able to do that. Um, gosh, uh, a lot of people I see have really like difficult family histories. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of working through that and sort of, um, how do I want to forgive my family or interact with my family now? Um, and I feel like, like that's a that's a tough one because you can't really get rid of your family, right? So therapy is all about like how can we live with this family or how can we kind of come to terms and accept that we didn't, you know, we didn't have the childhood we wanted or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that might be a lot of it too. Therapy is kind of about grieving and kind mm-hmm. of about like, okay, you know what? This is where I'm at in life. I can't change that, but I can learn how to live with it in a better way. So I would say, yeah, people usually leave feeling, um, like, emotional relief. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I have last really big topic, right, that I wanted yeah. to talk about. So, you know, a lot of people want to be psychologists, and that's, okay. like, a really big thing. And okay. I, uh, I, I don't know, me, me it's a, I don't know, sometimes I'm negative about it, because I'm like, that's a tough field for, you know, to go into. And, you know, yeah. if you're not, you got to be dedicated to become a psychologist it's very very tough and and then they're like oh no it's not you know and i'm like okay go for it and i just i just don't know what advice to give them you know i don't know if i'm being negative about it or just trying to be real i don't know no it's appropriate i think like a lot of people like like you said like to give advice like to help people um and so it feels like a good fit in that way and really what it ends up meaning is you're going to be doing a lot of listening Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be hearing a lot of really, really deep, sad, hard stories. Um, so ultimately, if you want to be a psychologist, I think you have to learn to take care of yourself first and foremost. Like you have to be a really healthy person and stay 
healthy to be able to hear all of that stuff and not like take it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so have a good support network. I mean, it's a lot of education, so Mm -hmm. there's always that, that kind of takes a long time. Um, I don't know, but if, if like, I think that's another thing is like, you can always change your mind. So if you're like going through a master's degree or a doctorate degree and you're like, this isn't a good fit for me, Mm -hmm. um, you can find something else. And, um, I will say this, that being a psychologist, there's so many different things you can do. And that's something that attracted me to it. And that I really like, you know, I can be a teacher, a professor, you know, I can be a therapist, which is sort of the primary job. Um, I could be a researcher, you know, there's so Mm -hmm. many different routes you can go. So even I've seen people, you know, get all the way to getting their doctorate degree and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be a therapist, but they're a great professor. So it kind of can depend on the person. Yes, I think most people don't know that you can do more than one thing. Right. With, with, yeah. You know, if you wanted to be a psychologist, there's so many different types of psychologists. There's a sports psychologist. Right. There's, yeah. You know, and, and they all have different fields that they're experts in. So I was like, well, you can pick up. There's so many that you, you, your options are so, you have so yeah. many options. So, you, you know, look into it. Find out what, what you think you can what you think you would like, uh, pick two or three, maybe four, and then, you know, decide, you know, yeah. people, people have problems with decisions. I feel like all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would say like psychologists by nature are very curious people. Mm. Like we like, we're curious. We like knowing things. We like asking things. We want to know more. And so it is kind of hard for us to like pick a field and go into, we're like, no, but I want to still know more about that over there. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So that's kind of, I do feel like that's a little bit one of our things we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Well, because you can't be an expert at everything. That's what I found right. myself, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I have, you know, I always find myself, like, splitting my time up, learning different things. And, you know, I'm very into, you know, physics. And then I'm also, I also like, you know, talking to uh, other people with doctorates or, you know. Because I'm not an expert in any field, so I'm more of a generalist. And there's so many experts out there that I feel like I'm like, I need to know more. So I, I try to get it from other people because, you know, you could, you, you've went through the process of condensing all the information and now you're able to give it out. And right. I think that's very, it's very cool. And it's, it's just, it's an awesome thing, you know, to hear someone who's an expert at something and they're very passionate and they know, you know, I just, I really like it, but I don't know. I don't know what to give these, you know, people who want advice and, you know, where do I go from here? Like, do I just yeah. tell them what I think? Because sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't, you know. I mean, like, I mean, I think this is what you're doing right here, right? Is mm-hmm. you're asking the questions for people and yes. you're getting all of the expert answers, which is an interesting route to go, right? <laughs> you're sort of the conduit that kind of brings those two together. Um yeah, ultimately, it always comes down to what does the person want to do? What are they going to do? Um, it's always bouncing it back to them is an option, too. Mm-hmm. And then when you have someone come in and they really don't, like, uh, like they don't want to, they come in, how do they, do they share their issues all the time? Or is it they're very uh, lenient because, mm-hmm. like, do they back off when they talk to you or do they, like, is certain topics off limits? Like, say you ask right. a question, and then they're like, "No, I'm not answering any of your questions now." Does that ever happen? Because I, I don't know. I've seen 
so many movies, of course, psych- of psychologists, and sometimes it, it that's what the road he takes. And that's another thing. Like, most movies, right, the person has to go see the psychologist. They're mm-hmm. like a cop, and they're, like, forced by their job to go see the psychologist. Most people come to me because they want to fix yes. something. Um, sometimes people will come in saying, like, I really want to fix my depression or my relationship. And, you know, two or three sessions in, they might be like, well, it probably doesn't help that I'm, like, drinking this much. So sometimes, like, the focus might shift, and it's like, oh, that's actually the problem under the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, sometimes there's new things that come up. Um, Or definitely if people have trauma, especially, like, sexual trauma, you know, they might be like, I'm really uncomfortable talking about it. And so it'll be a little bit of, okay, well, we'll talk about it when you're ready. Or we can talk about it as little or as much as you want to talk about it. And so really trying to leave it up to them. Um, They're always driving the car, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of the guy that's like, oh, it might be interesting to go down this path. Um, But they're in charge. And so I think if they feel safe, um, usually it's not much of a problem. How do you deal with people, you know, alcohol, you said alcohol abuse. How do you deal with people that, you know, you know, they... They're either using some type of substance and, you know, that's their kind of go-to thing, you know. A lot of people, alcohol is one of them, you know, other drugs as well. So how do you kind of help them through that? Um, There's a couple things. I mean, one is I would say usually problematic substance use. Almost always I would say it's a symptom of something else. Mm -hmm. It's a symptom that the person is in pain. And so we might try to figure out what it is that they're in pain around. Um, Like I said, a lot of times there it's like really problematic families or traumatic experiences. Um, And then on the flip side, you know, alcohol, marijuana, they're depressants. And so they can really make a person's mood much worse. And so I might give them a little education and we might sort of kind of figure out like, is so if you're depressed and you're using this really heavy depressant a lot is that good for you and what would be maybe a better way um and so kind of just supporting them and having all of the information to Mm -hmm. make those choices and then i feel like that you know everyone has their kind of thing because you know they use to because i think of a as a person as a you know we're just a bag of chemicals that have Mm -hmm. have things happening and i I may not know what exactly what those things are, but they, you know, you know, you, you that's how how I think of it, and I don't know if that's correct because I always like, is that right? Am I or am I just making stuff up? I mean, it's it's a it's definitely like you said, like it's kind of um, simplistic, uh-huh. but I think in a way it is accurate. Um, what's interesting to me, like why I chose this field, is like. Why do some people choose one thing versus another, right? Like, what is it? Because we do have some choice there. So if we are just sort of this bag of chemicals, some of us go this route and some of us go that route and some of us do this. And, like, why is that and what's behind that? Um, I think that's the part that interests me. And, like, so you have someone who wants to do something, uh, but I'm one of those people that's like, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that. I'm going to do all three at the same time. So how do you get someone through that, especially when they try to do so many? Because I find myself, you know, without time or, you know, I'm like, you know, the, the, the two enemies to me are me, myself, and then time. Because time always gets to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, you know, deal with people that have that kind of issue? Like, I just... 
So, yeah, yeah. It, it depends. I mean, we might even work on your perception of time, right? We mm-hmm. might work on um, you. You have all the time in the world, right? And so slow down and just enjoy wherever you're at. Um, we might focus on motivation and priorities and look at like, okay, well, we're not saying you can't do all of those things, but which one do you want to do most or which one do you want to do first? Um, because what I do see is, and I tend to be one of those people too, right? And when I'm doing all three of those things at the same time, I don't end up enjoying any of them Mm. as much as I would if I just did one. And so I think it's really focusing on where's the satisfaction Mm -hmm. and what's going to make you happiest. So you, when you have someone who's like, uh, you know, they don't have motivation. How do you get them to kind of have that motivation to actually do something? Because there's, you know, there's two sides to the spectrum and you have, you know, two very different people. Someone who's right. over, wants to overachieve and do all these things. And someone who is very hesitant, doesn't know what he wants to do uh, or, you know, vice versa. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think when there's problems with motivation, we look at um, what's getting in the way. You know, are there things that are getting in the way and that's why you're not motivated because there's something that's blocking you or something that's holding you back. Um, and then usually once we can do that, um, really just looking at, again, that sort of like listening to your internal voice and finding your internal motivation. Um, cause that's, that's always where motivation comes from. We know that external motivation doesn't get us very far at all. I mean, it can kind of, but it's not, not sustainable in the long run. Mm-hmm. I find myself trying to motivate people and it just, sometimes it happens. Sometimes I'm like, why am I trying to motivate people? I think that's just, I don't know. It's my instinct to try to get people trying to yeah. move forward. And I just, I, you know, sometimes you, there's always a few people that, you know, either they don't want to do anything or they kind of have like this one thing and they, they're not so sure about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially in college, you know, you have someone who is like does this one major, then switches to the other, then switches to the other. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So last week you were, you wanted to be a scientist. This week you want to be a psychologist. Next week you want to be a, a, a doctor. And I, right. I just don't know how to deal with someone right. who wants and all those part options. Of that, part of that is totally a normal developmental piece of being like 18-ish years old, right? Mm-hmm. That like the world ahead of you is so big. And so it's going to take a while and you might have to try on a couple different outfits before you're like, oh, this feels good. And that's, that is okay. Um, the problem is if it continues and continues uh-huh. and continues, right? And the person can't really get anywhere in life. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I always say pick two to three things and tr- just pursue those two or three things. Right. It's good. But if they don't fit, then probably find something that's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like one thing at a time. One one thing at a time. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a two to three or maybe <laughs> one time you can add four to five. <laughs> It just gets out of control. So you have so many, so you've done thousands of, you know, you've had thousands of people come to you and, you know, they all have their different issues, but what is, like, is there any main issues that everyone has besides the depression and uh, mental health? Is there something else that's kind of in the background that we don't hear about most of the time? Well, I think kind of like what I was saying, like, if I like really distill it down, it's that a lot of humans are hurting, mm-hmm. right? 
And I think if I, if I distill that down a little bit more, it seems like most people want to belong. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to be seen. They want someone who can hear them. Um, they want to be loved, mm-hmm. right? I feel like those are like the really basic pieces um, that, yeah, tend to show up pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have people who like just want attention. How do you deal with those kind of people? That they, all they want is you to be there for them, and they try to, you know, keep you to themselves. I find that very, I'm like, okay, I might be gone for a week. I'm not going to talk to you. Or, you know, everyone just wants you to communicate. And, you know, we're in a strange kind of place where, you know, communication is now through technology. And I find it very, you know, mm-hmm. you know, someone wants to text you all the time. I'm like, why are you trying to text me all the time? I'm just, just relax, like, you know, asking me questions. Oh, what should I do? This and that. I'm like, uh, you, you figure it out. And I'm like, it's, I'm being, you know. It's not, I would try, I try, I want to, you know, that technology has done this. I just can't handle it. You know, yeah. Like, well, and that's where I think like it really does come down to like good boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so letting people know when you're available, when you're not available, letting them know what's appropriate for you, what's uncomfortable for you. Um, and really putting that out there and being clear about it, which can be, like you said, really hard with technology because people can just kind of show up anywhere, anytime. Um, and I do, I think a lot of us are working on that. Like, how do we set boundaries? Um, and I think actually with, like you're kind of talking about, like the really needy friends or the really needy people, um, setting boundaries can be really comforting and reassuring. And so then they're like, okay, so I know that I can talk to you on this day at this time. Like, that's kind of the cool thing about therapy, right? Mm-hmm. I know that and I can feel really good about that. And so I can kind of be okay through the rest of the week. Because I know I've got this coming, and so sometimes when we set those boundaries, it actually helps people kind of calm down, and they're not like, "Are you there? Are you there? Are you going to be there for me?" Right? And like kind of that consistent thing. Um, you're like, "I'm going to be there for you, and this is how I'm going to be there, and this is kind of what it's going to look like," and that can be really, yeah, just kind of calming for someone who's like sort of worried about that. And how how do you like? Uh... I have friends who don't really have that many friends and they all they want to do is hang out with me or you know I'm like I'm busy or I, I, you know yeah. I'm doing this doing that and you know I feel bad because sometimes I'm like is this like an excuse am I trying to excuse myself from this you know and, and they're like you're lying you're not you're not you're not doing that or you're not going right. to go there or you know they just they, they, they just try to say no 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 we're gonna hang out I'm like uh, I'm a right. little busy and I just don't know how to handle people who want so much attention and yeah. just you yeah i think you just gotta be honest with them and mm-hmm. you gotta say like this is what i can do this is as far as i can go mm-hmm. with this like this is i need my own time or mm-hmm. i have something else that's a commitment and i really need to focus on that and mm-hmm. usually if you can be honest and clear and they really like they believe you you're not avoiding them right you're just being honest like this is this is more important to me or this is really important to me mm-hmm. um they usually kind of come around eventually. Sometimes they push back harder for a while, right? And then they kind of are like, oh, okay, now I get it. Okay. Uh, this is my last question. It's very... Okay. So when do you, you know, end a relationship? Not necessarily a relationship, but a friendship, you yeah. know, maybe family members or any type of situation like that. When right. is the point where they're so, where they're toxic enough where you right. have to cut them off? Or, you, you know, you, you know, you know, 
sever yeah. your ties. That's, I mean, that's different for every person. Mm-hmm. I think, like, it's always kind of comes down to, you know, sort of weighing out. Like, what am I getting out of this relationship? How much hope is there that the person is going to change? Um, and I think when you really get to a place where, like, the relationship is affecting you negatively, you don't have much hope that the person is going to change. You've given them some opportunities. Um, again, I think it's like being really honest and saying like, look, here's, here's the pieces. I've told you this. I've asked you this. I've set this boundary. You're not respecting any of that. Um, at this point, here's where I'm at. And, and I think that just being really as clear as possible and especially making it as clean and clear as possible. Like if you really don't want to be in a relationship with that person, like it may be like, I'm taking you off social media or, you know, I'm going to block your phone number because I really need you to understand, like, I've asked you not to do this for so many times and you're still disrespecting that. Like, this is what I'm going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like laying it out really clean and really clear. It doesn't happen very often, but yeah. You mentioned social media there. Like, how does yeah. that change therapy? Because, you know, people like, you know, whenever someone wants to ask, you know, either me or someone that I know for advice, you know, they start talking about social media. She said this, he said this, uh, he wrote this, he, he, he tweeted this. And I'm yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, is that what you, you know, did you read that read, right? You know, cause people, when it's 140 characters, you can't really, right. you know, there's no emotion or tone attached to that message. Right. So how, how do you deal? Cause I bet you all the college students you had, yeah, they're on social media and they, yeah. Do they come with the issues with those or no? Is that yeah, not... oh, for sure. I mean, like, I think it's both, it's, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? Right. Social media, mm-hmm. like helps us feel connected and again, helps us feel all of those things like seen and loved and all of those pieces. Um, and so I, I do spend a lot of time working with my clients on, um, how do you engage in social media and how do you engage in texting and like how much percentage of your relationships is that? And, and is that useful to you, or do you need to back off of that a little bit? Um, and absolutely, yeah, not using um, imperfect methods like social media to communicate deep emotions, right? Those ones we say for, like, in person, mm-hmm. um, because because you're right, they're, they're not going to get properly conveyed. I mean, it's why we don't do therapy over text, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be able to sit with the person and talk to them and see their face and know all of those responses. Um, yeah, so it's, they're still imperfect. I know there's a few websites that do, uh, text messaging therapy. It's very, it's very interesting though. I don't know. I don't know if it's working, but it's, it it is available. You're going to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like you're going to miss out on some of it. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I don't know. There's something about talking to a person in person and then, you know, as, as like we're doing it, it's, it's very different. They're kind of different. You get more feelings when you're in person, even mm-hmm. though, but I think visualization is very good. Mm-hmm. You can see someone and you can, you can, you know, I have yeah. a lot of hand movements, so just like you, and I, I can tell, you know, that you, you know, you, you like expressing yourself. So I think that's a really good thing. And through text, I, I just don't think you can get that through that. So yeah, you miss, yeah. you miss a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on here. My uh, pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Well, you can say goodbye to the audience. Uh, All right. Bye. And if you have anything that you want to, uh, you know, a website or something, anything or no? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can, um, you can.
can find my private practice at thriveslow.com. So T-H-R-I-V-E dot, I mean, thriveslo.com. And that's me. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you. Very interesting conversation. All right. Thank you. Bye.